You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. So on today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, what I've been doing, you know, I, I see people, again, mainly for um, for knee problems, but, you know, people come to the doctor, they have questions about other stuff, which is, you know, why I've talked to you about some of these other topics. You know, I see people and they also have back pain, they also have shoulder pain, uh, and, and wrist pain or carpal tunnel syndrome um, is another very, very... Um, common complaint, you know, that I, I hear about. So, you know, what do they complain about? So people will come in and, you know, will say, hey, you know, um, I've been having pain and most people know what it is. So they'll say, I think I have carpal tunnel or I have carpal tunnel syndrome. And they'll note um, pain at night uh, or this tingling um, numbness in their hands. And this is all due to compression of a nerve, the median nerve. So primarily what we'll see is numbness of the thumb, your index finger, um, and, and usually part of the middle finger, occasionally the what we call the radial side of the ring finger. But most people describe it as those first three fingers. And sometimes they'll rub it. They'll rub their wrist. They'll rub their hands. You know, they think their hand went numb. And occasionally, um, they'll if they have this for a while, they'll come in and say, my hand is weak. But also they'll say, like, my hand looks skinnier. And you can actually get atrophy of those muscles. And late, you know, those are late signs. You know, when people are weak, they start, you know, dropping things. They're fumbling with a pen and things like that. Um, Those symptoms are usually there because this has been there for a long time. But more frequently, people will just say that, you know, their hand gets numb or tingly. They'll kind of shake it out. And then those symptoms um, go away. So, so why does this happen? And like, what what's going on? So, there is this structure. It's called the carpal tunnel. Um, and the carpal tunnel is a tunnel um, in the wrist. So, if you if you turn your hand over, so your palms facing the ceiling, and you look at your you know wrist area, the wrist crease, uh, on the bottom of this tunnel are a series of bones. So, these carpal bones that allow you to move your wrist around. And then above the tunnel um, is a ligament. And this ligament is very tight and taut. And essentially between um, the ligament and these bones runs the median nerve and a bunch of tendons that control your fingers. And then if that tendon gets compressed um, or compromised or injured, that can lead to problems with the impulses um, that travel through the tunnel from that nerve. So we see this in certain... um, repetitive hand injuries. That's where people always talk about like keyboards, but certain like using a jackhammer, um, anything where you're repetitively using the hand over and over again, you can develop trauma to that area. Um, certain ergonomics, you know, we've talked about ergonomics with back problems and back pains. So certain things that you do, you may have to just change the way that you're doing those things. Pregnant women, um, we see there's a lot of hormonal changes and that can lead to swelling even in the region of that tunnel and that can put pressure on the nerve. And then other diseases, you know, we see people with rheumatoid arthritis and diabetes um, that will develop problems um, with the nerves or problems with the tissue around that area. So, you know, when people come in, um, 
we have to give them a full examination. So obviously, you know, people are pretty aware of these symptoms and we listen to that and go, okay, you know, it could be the carpal tunnel, but we have to examine them because it could be other things. Like you can have a problem in your neck and that could be pinching on a nerve and that pinched nerve in the neck can cause problems in the hand. So if we went all the way down the road to say surgery and did a carpal tunnel release, guess what? Your hand symptoms are still there because the pinching wasn't in the wrist, it was actually in the neck. Um, but you can also have problems in your elbow. And then more commonly, there's a, a similar, maybe I'll do another talk on this, but um, there's a what's called cubital tunnel. So on the inside of your elbow, um, your funny bone, where you can hit that nerve called the ulnar nerve, and there's also a little um, canal on the um, inside of your wrist, again, if your palm's facing up, um, called Guillain's canal, and that ulnar nerve can pass there. So again, you can have more numbness of your two uh, little fingers, your fourth and fifth finger, and that can be more from the wrist or the elbow or the neck. So again, we have to examine the neck and the shoulder and the elbow and the rest of these hands to make sure everything's okay. And then we'll do a couple tests in the office. And sometimes what you can do is you can reproduce the symptoms. So, uh, and again, this goes into stretching. You know, we talk about the prayer sign. So if you put your palms together, um, fingers facing the ceiling, and then push your elbows out essentially in a prayer sign, that's a good stretch that you can do to treat this. Uh, and that can sometimes induce symptoms or reverse uh, prayer um, where you put the tops of your hands together, fingers pointing to the floor, that can cause it. Or sometimes we'll just put our finger over the carpal tunnel and then bring your wrist, flex it up. Um, all of those can sometimes induce the symptoms. And if the symptoms seem like, hey, you know what, this all fits, more than likely you have carpal tunnel syndrome. So there's a number of things that we can do further. If, if we think the symptoms are mild, um, and you know the, the symptoms are intermittent and your exam is consistent with carpal tunnel, sometimes it's modification of activity. So if there's something that you're doing repetitively, we can see if you can modify that and that can help the symptoms. Occasionally bracing or splinting, especially at night, if you're getting more night pain, the wrist um, will keep the wrist um, from compressing down on that nerve. We can use anti-inflammatory. So medicines like Motrin and Advil and Aleve, these are ibuprofen and naproxen, um, can help reduce the inflammation. And then um, some exercises. So we talked about those prayer and reverse prayer exercises. You can do those to help stretch out that area and you might give a little bit more space so the nerve isn't being compressed as much. Now, if that doesn't help, we can start to get into invasive things. And occasionally we'll do cortisone injections into that area. So you can inject cortisone, which can relieve symptoms. There are a pretty decent amount of people um, that get some relief. It's usually temporary, um, but they can get some relief. And also, if you're contemplating other diagnoses, it's also a good test as a treatment too, because the percent of relief may indicate that's coming from the carpal tunnel area. And possibly if you get partial relief, there may be other things. So this is where we go into tests and what other tests. Occasionally we'll do x-rays um, because you're looking for bony changes. And this is one of the times we can see acute carpal tunnel syndrome. If you break your wrist um, and where those broken bones or the swelling is, it can actually put a lot of pressure on the carpal tunnel immediately, acutely from this injury. And that's the, the one sort of rare time where you may need um, a carpal tunnel release more emergently. But usually if you can reduce the fracture and line things back up, usually those symptoms do go away, but it's something that has to be watched. So x-rays are important to see whether or not there's any um, bony changes in the area, either chronically or from an old injury. And then what's really helpful um, are these nerve tests. So we can do nerve tests. We usually send people to neurology and they'll do tests which really help determine 
you know, are the changes new? Are they old, acute, or chronic? You know, are they just from the carpal tunnel? Is there any involvement with the ulnar nerve? Is there any involvement at the elbow? Is there any involvement in the shoulder or in the neck area? And it really lets us know where the problem is. Things like ultrasound, MRI um, can be helpful, um, but they're not used on a, a regular basis. And then let's say all of that goes on. Let's say, um, so you do have carpal tunnel syndrome. There are no other causes um, in your neck or other reasons for you to have it. You tried bracing, you tried stretching. Maybe you did or did not try cortisone injection uh, and symptoms are still progressing. That's where surgery um, can be indicated. And, you know, you can do these open. Um, it's a pretty small incision, just right over the carpal um, a tunnel and you go down there and basically release that transverse ligament. Uh, and then the other option is to do it arthroscopically or endoscopically uh, where you make an even smaller incision and put a little camera in there um, and you can release it. Like all surgeries, um, there's risks. So your surgeon, if it gets to this, you know, we'll talk to you about the, what those risks are, reoccurrence, um, other nerve injuries, you know, tendon injuries along with infection and things like that. And some people can have some pain, usually temporary just because of a scar. Um, it's usually short-lived and there'll be a period of protection um, to depending on your hobbies, activities, work, you may have to make some changes in that while you're going through your healing phase. Um, but for the most part, most people um, recover pretty quickly. Uh, and the the long, the long sort of recovery um, really comes down to the damage or injury to the nerve. And that's kind of the the important thing to understand, if you do have mild to moderate symptoms that are getting worse, night pain, no weakness, no chronic denervation, basically like an injury to the nerve, which has been there for a while, then most of those pains, tingling, numbness symptoms should go away. However, if you do have weakness or more chronic issues, this has been long standing. A lot of times the release, you know, whether or not we're talking about nerves in your neck or nerves in your back or nerves in your elbow, or in this case, nerves in your wrist, Really, the big goal is to prevent further damage. So if you leave it compressed, you know, that tingling numbness pain can lead to weakness and permanent weakness. So by releasing the canal and opening that space up, you prevent further damage. So there are some people that have more significant symptoms that may not see full recovery back to, you know, quote, normal, uh, and also may have a prolonged period of slow, gradual improvement for up to a year or so. But the majority of people, especially the night pain, is the thing that you know we see most commonly. People will say, you know, is relieved almost immediately in most people. You know, tingling and numbness starts to improve, um, but weakness is one of those things that may take a long time to come back and may never come back to normal. Uh, but also, not doing anything can lead to worse weakness that can become permanent. So uh, a whole bunch, of, whole bunch of information. Um, previously, you know, I've shared with you a link to uh, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery. I believe they have a really good um, ortho info page with information for patients about certain um, diseases, diagnoses, and things like that. So I will also add the link um, to the AALS um, sheet on carpal tunnel syndrome. So you can print it out and read some more, read it online and save a treat. And again, if you're having symptoms um, that are really mild and you're not sure, I mean, these are simple things you can try at home, but you know, if your symptoms are more um, significant and they, they are not minor and they are not going away, you know, talk to your doctor, see a doctor, get evaluated and see um, if it's the correct diagnosis and what other treatments may be available for you. Uh, so thanks again for listening. I'm Adam Rosen, your host. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. 
If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.